You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, September 2nd, 2022. Coming up this hour, global bonds slump into a bear market. Investors brace for the August jobs report. President Biden takes aim at Donald Trump and his supporters in a primetime speech. And we'll tell you which shipmaker is bucking the trend with a strong forecast. A former New York police officer receives the longest sentence yet in the January 6th Capitol riot. Plus, the CDC signs off on new COVID booster shots. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. The Mets meet the Dodgers. The Yankees begin a big series tonight at Tampa Bay. And Serena Williams plays tonight at the U.S. Open. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good Friday morning. I'm Amy Morris. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are little change this morning. We are coming up to 601 on Wall Street. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. And again, futures, little change. The DAX in Germany is up 1.5%. The 10-year Treasury down 230 seconds. The yield at 3.26%. And the yield on the two-year, 3.50%. NYMEX crude oil up 2.2%. Up $1.94 at $88.55 a barrel. Amy. Karen, we begin some, with some stability in the equity markets this morning. We close out the trading week. The S&P 500 and Dow Jones Industrial Average both snapped four-day losing streaks yesterday. Still, we are in a traditionally tough period for stocks. The S&P has averaged declines of six and seven-tenths of a percent for August and September over the past 25 years. Liz Young is head of investment strategy at SoFi. Going into the end of August, and now we've started September. Next week, everybody sort of comes back into the fold, and that's when I would expect volatility to pick back up again. We're certainly not out of the woods. I don't think that we're going to get out of a trading range for a while and until we at least hear that inflation has cooled. 
SoFi's Liz Young puts the odds at 50-50 for a recession next year. Meantime, Amy, global bonds have slumped into their first bear market in a generation. The Bloomberg Global Aggregate Total Return Index of Government and Investment Grade Corporate Bonds has fallen more than 20 percent from its peak last year. Officials from the U.S. to Europe have hammered home the importance of higher interest rates, building on the hawkish message from Fed Chair Jay Powell at the Jackson Hole Symposium last week. The direction of today's bond and equity markets may be determined in about two and a half hours. That is when we get the U.S. jobs report for August. Economists forecast a gain of 298,000 jobs. We get a preview now from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. The jobs data are something of a one-way bet for Wall Street. If the number is surprisingly high, as it was last month, it probably locks in a Fed rate hike of 75 basis points at the next meeting. A weaker-than-expected report won't necessarily guarantee only a 50-basis-point move. A big increase in consumer prices, data yet to come, could change views. After financial conditions loosened in August, payrolls may give a little more clarity on how much impact the Fed's tightening has already had. Watch the changes in the unemployment and participation rates and in the number of people who lost their jobs during the month. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right. Thank you, Mike. And please stick with Bloomberg Radio and Television all morning for full coverage of the August jobs report. Then join us at 945 Wall Street time. We'll speak live with Labor Secretary Marty Walsh. Well, investors look for a slowdown in jobs, Amy. Inflation is still front and center for the Fed. Atlanta Fed President Rafael Bostic says the U.S. Central Bank's campaign to cool inflation is still not complete. He told students at Georgia Tech the current pace of inflation was a long way from the Fed's 2% goal. Another major story we're following this morning, President Biden taking aim at Donald Trump and so-called MAGA Republicans last night. In a primetime address, the president urged Americans to reject any Trump-backed candidate in the November midterm elections. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. As President Biden takes aim at Donald Trump's ideology, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy is calling on Biden to apologize for invoking fascism when describing the former president. In the past two years, Joe Biden has launched an assault on the soul of America. McCarthy made his remarks before President Biden's speech. So what's the potential impact from President Biden's primetime speech, Amy? Well, politics, uh, Bloomberg Politics contributor Rick Davis says the president is trying to create a wedge between mainstream Republicans and those who embrace the Make America Great Again ideology. This kind of, you know, sort of setting up the wedge, you know, independents don't be drawn into that Republican Party. These are run by MAGA. And what he's trying to do is cobble together that 51% he got in the general election two years ago. And he needs that 51% to show up on uh, the midterms. And Bloomberg politics contributor Rick Davis said President Biden traditionally tends to avoid wedge politics, as seen by his bipartisan legislative accomplishments over the past few months. So let's turn now from politics to corporate America, where we have a couple of changes in the C-suite. Starbucks has named Reckitt Benkeiser chief executive, Laxman Narisman to be its next CEO. Narisman is a veteran of the consumer industry and joins Starbucks next month. Longtime leader Howard Schultz will stay in charge and Narisman will fully take over next April. 
Meantime, Amy Schell has shortlisted candidates to succeed CEO Ben Van Buren. He's preparing to step down in 2023 after almost a decade at the oil giant. Reuters says candidates include Weil Sawan, the company's head of integrated gas and renewables, as well as Hybert Vigavino, the head of downstream refining operations. Now let's check out some stocks on the move this morning. Shares of Broadcom are up more than 2%. The chipmaker gave a strong sales forecast for the current quarter. The outlook suggests Broadcom is sidestepping a broader decline in chip demand, at least for now. Other suppliers, including NVIDIA, Intel, and Micron Technology, have predicted a steep sales slowdown. And shares of Lululemon are up almost 10%. The maker of athletic attire raising its full-year outlook. The company seeks to double its sales by 2026 by selling more goods to men and expanding Lululemon's footprint abroad. Straight ahead, we have your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thank you, Karen. It's 6.07 on Wall Street. Let's bring in Michael Barr to find out what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Amy. Breaking news. A brutal accident overnight on the Palisades Parkway. Police say a passenger van crashed and killed four people and injured eight others. It is still closed between exits two and one. More details coming up in our next traffic report. A stiff sentence was handed down for a former New York City police officer convicted of brutally assaulting a Capitol Police officer during the January 6th attack. Thomas Webster faces 10 years in prison. It is the longest prison sentence to date for a January 6th defendant. Lawyers for the Justice Department and former President Trump faced off in a Florida courtroom over whether there should be a special master assigned to review top-secret documents the FBI seized last month at Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. The judge did not issue an immediate ruling. U.N. inspectors have braved the crossfire of Ukraine and Russian forces to get inside Europe's largest nuclear plant. The long-awaited visit to the Russian-occupied facility comes as one of its reactors was shut down temporarily due to the fighting. Rafael Grossi is leading the International Atomic Energy Agency team inspecting the plant. I have just completed a first tour of the key areas that we wanted to see in this first uh, approach uh, to the whole facility. The IAEA's Rafael Grossi. COVID booster shots that target the most common new variants of the virus should become available in the U.S. within days. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention signed off on the rollout of updated vaccines. Dr. David Agus. These are the first time there's been a change to the COVID-19 vaccine since they were launched in December of 2020. And the hope is this booster, which includes the BA4 and BA5 spike protein, as well as the original Wuhan spike protein, will cause a broader immune response to enable protection from the current variants in the United States, as well as future variants. Dr. Agus spoke to CBS. The boosters will be made by Pfizer and rival Moderna. A man was arrested in Argentina after pointing a gun at Vice President Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner as she greeted supporters outside a residence in Buenos Aires. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Amy. All right. Thank you, Michael. It's 610 on Wall Street. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. Thanks, Amy. A trade of Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks made perfect sense. Utah Jazz were looking to deal their star guard. Knicks need a big-time player. Mitchell's a New Yorker. His father worked many years for the Mets. 
Two teams did a lot of talking, but when the Jazz traded Mitchell, he went to Cleveland. The Cavs gave up Colin Sexton, Larry Marketing, and three first-round draft picks. Surprising move by the Giants. They released linebacker Blake Martinez. He had a terrific 2020 season, was expected to return from last year's torn ACL. Not known who takes his spot now in the Giants lineup. Good news for the Mets. Not only their comfort behind 5-3 to three win over the MLB-leading Dodgers to win the series, the Mets' next 16 games, 21 of their next 24, all against sub-500 teams. That should help them hold off Atlanta in the NL East. The Braves still just three games behind. They shut out Colorado 3-0 for Atlanta rookie Spencer Strider. Eight scoreless innings. He allowed just two hits, no walks, and he struck out 16. A month ago, the Yankees had a 15-and-a-half game lead on Tampa Bay. That lead is now 6 they get swept this weekend, it's down to three. Domingo Herman on the mound tonight facing the Rays. For the third night this week, it is Serena Williams' night at the U.S. Open. Serena night tonight takes on Alja Tomjanovic from Croatia. She's ranked 48th, and she'll be the latest to try to have to deal with that large pro-Serena crowd. Serena and Bill- Venus Williams were at Arthur Ashe Stadium last night. They lost their first-round doubles match, and then Rafael Nadal won his match in four sets. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Amy? All right, thank you, John. Let's check the markets now. S&P futures down one and a quarter. Dow futures up five points. NASDAQ futures down 19 and a half. The 10-year Treasury, little change. The yield at 3.25%. The two-year yield... Now at three and a half percent. Much more still to come on this Friday morning on Bloomberg Daybreak. Stay with us. You are listening to Bloomberg Radio. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather abundant sunshine today going up to 80 degrees, 85 for Saturday on Sunday. Sunshine, a chance of afternoon showers going up to 90. It'll be 80 degrees with clouds on Labor Day. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks mixed and global bonds slumping into their first bear market in a generation ahead of key U.S. jobs data that could stir expectations of another sharp Federal Reserve interest rate hike. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg and futures this morning. There are little change. NASDAQ futures lower, down about 19. The DAX in Germany is at 1.4 percent. Ten-year Treasury down 132nd, yield 3.25 percent. The yield on the two-year, 3.49 percent. NYMEX crude oil is jumping up to 2.4% of $2.06 at $88.65 a barrel. Comex gold up half percent or $8.40 at $17.17.80 an ounce. The euro is at 1.0010 against the dollar. British pound 1.1576 and the yen 140.32. Looking at Bitcoin, it's up four tenths percent at $20,150. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. President Joe Biden stepped up attacks on former President President Trump and GOP lawmakers. During his primetime speech, Biden accused Trump and his supporters of endangering U.S. democracy. But as I stand here tonight, equality and democracy are under assault. We do ourselves no favor to pretend otherwise. The U.S. called Iran's response to the latest effort to revive the 2015 nuclear accord not constructive, raising questions about whether the two sides can reach a deal that would free more oil for global markets.
At the U.S. Open, Serena and Venus Williams were eliminated after losing their doubles match. Serena Williams will play tonight in the third round of singles. In baseball, the Mets, Red Sox, and Orioles won. The Nationals beat the A's 7-5. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Emmy. All right. Thank you, Michael. It is 619 on Wall Street. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Joining us now, Bloomberg International Economics and Policy Editor Michael McKee. We're talking about the jobs report that is due out in just about two hours. Mike, thanks so much for taking the time with us this morning. Give us an idea of how much is riding on this report. Well, it's kind of a mixed picture in in a sense, because if we get a very strong report, and remember, in July, the forecast was for 250,000, we got 582. If we got anything like that, then the Fed is probably going to be locked into a 75 basis point move because they'll feel that the labor market is still so tight that it will be harder to bring down inflation. But if we get anything like the consensus now, which is 298,000, then it probably moves to the CPI report on the 13th uh, as the deciding factor of whether the Fed wants to go 50 or 75. So that uh, I, I, I got to ask that to find that balance, right? To find that happy medium between them. Does that mean that when we see a higher unemployment number, maybe that's not such a terrible thing? Like there's a, a glimmer of sunshine in there? Yeah, it's the old depends on where you sit uh, question. Right. Because if you are one of those unemployed, then it's a terrible thing. But in aggregate for the Fed, they expect unemployment to rise some because uh, first of all, they think the unemployment rate is below the normal natural rate of unemployment. So the labor market is unusually tight. And also because they're trying to slow demand, which would mean that companies are producing less and need fewer workers. It's just a question of how high unemployment goes and how quickly and whether the, that pushes us into a recession or not. When it comes to the Fed, which number would be more significant than the jobless rates or the earnings? Well, they're connected, and the lower the jobless rate goes, the more you expect wages to go up because people are able to – companies have to bid for workers at this mm. point. And we've seen that still happening since the end of the pandemic. The question is, does it stay about where it is? Last couple of months have been relatively flat, or does it start to rise again if they're trying to find more workers and can't do so? If if it's starting to come down, the Fed's going to feel better about wages because they will feel like that's a less of a contribution to inflation going forward. So let's talk about the labor market. The Fed chair describing it as imbalanced. People seem to be waiting on the sidelines, not really jumping in. But the jobs are evidently out there. So when do we see things start to loosen up there? That's a really good question. We don't really know. The JOLTS report, which uh, is a report, the data on how many job openings there are, came out earlier this week, 11.2 million, and uh, that was an, an increase. So in theory, it's not getting any looser out there. But there is a suspicion that a lot of those jobs aren't real, that Jobs were posted post-pandemic, and companies just haven't taken them down. 
or they haven't taken down ads for jobs that now they don't think they're going to fill. So it isn't really clear uh, how many jobs are out there. But you've got to figure there, even if you cut that in half, that's about as many people as are unemployed. So there's still a lot of work out there that isn't being filled, and that's why people aren't yet ready to write off the labor market. Okay, so bottom line, Mike, what are you looking for in today's report? Well, I, you know, this is one of the harder ones to estimate because of the uncertainty about it. I wouldn't be surprised if both, if either we had something close to the consensus or if we got another upside surprise. None of the ancillary indicators of labor market uh, strength and jobs show any kind of decline except for the new ADP number, but it's a new number. They uh, completely revamped their methodology, so we don't really have a track record for that, mm, right. but everything else kind of told us that things are about the same as they were last month. And very briefly, 30 seconds, you mentioned the September CPI report. Are you looking ahead to that? What are you looking for? Well, we are looking for a little bit of a moderation because energy prices kept going down. So if that's the case, the Fed will feel a little better about it, but you got to watch that core rate to see if underlying inflation pressures start to fall. If that's the case, then the folks at uh, 20th and C Street in Washington are going to feel a lot better. Okay, we're going to watch it right along with you. Bloomberg International Economics and Policy Editor Michael McKee, thank you for taking the time with us on this Friday morning. We do appreciate it. As we await those numbers, we are waiting for that jobs report to be released at 8.30 this morning. And, of course, we'll bring it all to you live right here on Bloomberg Radio. Checking the futures, S&P futures down three and three quarters points. Dow futures down nine. NASDAQ futures down 33. The 10-year Treasury, little changed with a yield at 3.26%. The two-year yield now at 3.5%. Still ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, we'll take a closer look at the markets. We'll also bring you more news in business, economics, and finance. Stay with us on this Friday morning. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130, weather abundant sunshine today to start your weekend, going up to 80 degrees, 85 tomorrow, 90 on Sunday. Could see some clouds on Labor Day, 80 degrees. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119 and around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good Friday morning. I'm Amy Morris. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. It's time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Investment advisors switch to Interactive Brokers for lowest cost global trading and turnkey custody solutions. No ticket charges and no conflicts of your interest at ibkr.com slash RIA. Up first, we're seeing stability in equity markets to close the trading week. The S&P and Dow both snapping four-day losing streaks yesterday. Still August and September are traditionally tough months for investors. Mira Pandit is global market strategist with J.P. Morgan Asset Management. 
we need to be really careful about how we're looking at stocks and very much looking at a bottoms-up basis, being selective about earnings, being selective about valuations. There are still areas of froth in the market that we need to, to see come down, but a lot of that has taken place already. So I do think we don't want to be overly defensive or overly cautious. J.P. Morgan's Mira Pandit says investors should be focusing on high-quality companies. Meantime, global bonds have slumped into their first bear market in a generation. The Bloomberg Global Aggregate Total Return Index of Government and Investment-Grade Corporate Bonds has fallen more than 20 percent from its 2021 peak. Well, the direction of today's bond and equity session, Amy, may be determined by the August jobs report. We get that reading at 8.30 Wall Street time. Neela Richardson is ADP's chief economist. I'm looking at 290,000 jobs. The key numbers to watch within that report is the wage gains, because that's what's important to the Fed and whether or not the tightness of the labor market is actually leading to a wage price spiral that the Fed has to take control. ADP's Neela Richardson says she still expects a strong report. Please stick with Bloomberg Radio and Television all morning for full coverage of the August jobs report. And join us at 945 Wall Street time when we speak live with Labor Secretary Marty Walsh. Let's turn to politics. In a primetime TV address last night, President Biden urged Americans to reject candidates backed by Donald Trump and so-called MAGA Republicans in the November midterms and those who deny the 2020 election results. They're working right now as I speak in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. President Biden said that a majority of Republicans are not so-called extreme MAGA Republicans. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day, brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports, and this is Bloomberg. Thank you, Karen. 633 on Wall Street. Now we bring in Michael Barr to tell us what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Amy. A brutal accident overnight on the Palisades Parkway. Police say a passenger van crashed and it killed four people and injured eight others. More details coming up in our next traffic report. A disgraced former New York City police officer says he wishes he had never gone to the Capitol on January 6th. The court gave Thomas Webster the longest prison sentence yet for the attack. Webster will spend the next 10 years in prison, three years longer than the most severe punishment given any of the January 6th Capitol rioters. Webster, sobbing in court, says that he was overwhelmed and frustrated by the false stolen election claims. Lawyers for the Justice Department and Donald Trump faced off in a Florida courtroom over the former president's request for a special master assigned to review top-secret documents the FBI seized from his Mar-a-Lago estate. The judge did not issue an immediate ruling. A U.N. inspection team has arrived at Ukraine's nuclear power plant that is occupied by Russian troops. The team from the International Atomic Energy Agency reached the site amid fighting between Russian and Ukrainian forces that prompted the shutdown of a reactor. IAEA Chief Rafael Grossi. Of course, there is uh, a lot more uh, to do. Uh, my team is uh, staying on. And more importantly, and most importantly, we are establishing a continued presence uh, by the, uh, from the IAEA uh, here. IAEA Chief Rafael Grossi. The CDC endorsed updated COVID-19 boosters. 
The tweet shots made by Pfizer and rival Moderna offer Americans a chance to get the most up-to-date protection. Dr. Alok Patel. We're not going to eradicate COVID-19, but we have to do what we can to hedge our behavior against any potential infections, false surge, and also long COVID and all these other complications. Dr. Alok Patel spoke to ABC. The pandemic has taken a toll on public education. A new federal study shows declines in the reading and math scores of nine-year-olds compared to 2020. Dr. Peggy Carr with the U.S. Department of Education says access to instructors could be part of the problem. Lower income students and students who are already struggling academically said they they were less likely to say they had access to teachers. This is not good. Dr. Peggy Carr says the average math score fell seven points, while the average reading score fell five points to levels last seen two decades ago. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Gaming. All right. Thank you, Michael. 5.36 on Wall Street. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. All right, Amy. When Knicks fans see their team play Cleveland and they watch Donovan Mitchell playing for the Cavs, they're going to wonder why he's not wearing a Knicks uniform instead. Mitchell's a New York native, wanted to come home. Knicks clearly wanted to acquire him, but they kept feeling Utah was asking for too much in return, and now he's off to the Cavs. The Jazz instead taking the Cleveland offer of Colin Sexton, Larry Marketing, first-round draft picks in 2025, 27, and 29. The Giants have released linebacker Blake Martinez. At City Field, Mets facing Clayton Kershaw just off the injury list. They trailed the Dodgers 3-1, to but they got to the L.A. bullpen. Two runs in the sixth and seventh innings. A 5-3 win for Chris Bassett's 12th victory. The Mets take two of three from the Dodgers, whose record is 90-40. and The Mets are home tonight for Washington, and that's their MLB's worst team. Mets play 16 games in a row now versus sub-500 teams. Atlanta is still three games behind. Braves rookie Spencer Strider shut out Colorado in eight innings. He allowed only two hits, and he struck out 16. Miserable month of August. Finally over for the Yankees. They went 10-18. and 18, Worst month since 1991. And their AL East lead down to six over Tampa Bay, and they visit the Rays this weekend. The U.S. Open wrapped on the Dow. One in four sets. At one point, Nadal's racket hit his nose on his follow-through. The nose got bloody. Nadal felt dizzy. He said later that had never happened to him before. Venus and Serena Williams lost their doubles match, and Serena's back at Arthur Ashe Stadium tonight to take on Alja Tomjanovic. Serena looks to reach the fourth round in her swan song tournament. John Stash, our Bloomberg Sports. Amy? All right, thank you, John. It is 6.37 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at those stocks and some of the names that are moving in the pre-market. For that, we are joined by Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Creedy Gupta. Creedy, happy Friday morning to you. Happy Friday. Uh, what's interesting here is that even on Friday when we're talking all about jobs, payrolls, those earnings results are still moving stocks on a micro basis. Take a look at Lululemon, for example. LULU is the ticker here. Shares are up a whopping 9.7% in the pre-market. This comes after they did, of course, report those results, showing a lot of strength in the brand. Remember, we've talked a lot about retailers and the inventory buildup that you are seeing in the likes of Walmart, Target, Bed Bath & Beyond, even Nordstrom and Macy's. But it seems to be that if you are a higher income shopper, which a lot of Lulu's demographic really is, then you are not only shopping till you drop, you are actually able to hold up some of these companies' bottom lines. That seems to be the story here with Lululemon. It's showing the idea here that their brand value really carries some weight. Analysts actually raising their price target on the stock across the board. They did 
uh, flag some of those higher inventory issues. They are not uh, completely immune from that retail story. But what's interesting here is that Lululemon is actively looking to build their brand, looking to expand their footprint, not just in terms of uh, expanding the footprint overseas, but also in terms of targeting more sales when it comes to men. So that's going to be a crucial story, Amy. All right, what else do you have going on? You have Moderna, too. Moderna's a big mover. It is a massive mover. MRNA is your ticker. It's up at eight-tenths of 1%. You know, we thought that the COVID story, perhaps, uh, although it kind of remains in the background, we didn't think it would have this much of an impact on perhaps some of the very famous vaccine names here. Moderna, MRNA, up at eight-tenths of 1% on the idea that the Omicron boosters, well, they're finally hitting those U.S. stores. So you can actually now go to a Dwayne Reed, a CVS, a Walgreens, and or you know, the natural clinics and actually get your Omicron booster. That is good news for the likes of Moderna and also for Pfizer uh, and BioNTech as well. Really any company who has started to really make a lot of their user base uh, or a lot of their revenue base, excuse me, towards some of these vaccines. Of course, Pfizer far more exposed to this, but nevertheless, it is moving shares this morning. Uh, the other name I want to bring to your attention, because I feel like we have to check this all the time now, is yeah. Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> BBBY yeah. is your ticker. It is down 6%. On a day, I should that the broader market is actually kind of ticking just marginally higher, of course, like I said, all waiting for the payrolls report. But that retail base that has perhaps lost a fan favorite in, in, in Bed Bath & Beyond. And it is interesting because it kind of seems like even without uh, that turnaround plan, they're still not currying any favor. Those shares down about 6%. All right. Thank you so much. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta, always bringing us up to speed. Really appreciate you taking the time with us. Looking at stocks as a whole ahead of the open S&P futures down four and a half points. Dow futures down 17. NASDAQ futures down 38. The 10-year Treasury, little change. The yield at 3.26%. The two-year yield now at 3.5%. Much more still to come on Bloomberg Daybreak. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather going up to 80 degrees with abundant sunshine today to start your weekend. Mostly sunny tomorrow going up to 85. Maybe some afternoon showers tomorrow going up to 90. 80 degrees on Labor Day. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. And futures have turned lower this morning. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. Modest losses in the U.S. futures right now. Dow futures down 28 points. Sesame's drop six. And Nasdaq futures are down by 41. The U.S. 10 yield at 3.26%. Gold is up eight. Oil is climbing. And Bitcoin is trading little changed. Japan was also a little changed overnight while European markets are in the green this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30, the jobs data. And at 10 o'clock, factory orders and durable goods orders. After the bell last night, Lululemon boosted its full-year outlook. Shares are up 9% pre-market. And Broadcom sales forecast also beat estimates. In other news, Berkshire Hathaway trimmed its stake in BYD even further. And wrapping things up, NVIDIA was cut to neutral, neutral over at Daiwa. Dow Inc. was cut to neutral over at J.P. Morgan. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney, Karen. 
All right, Bill, thank you. To hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Holding back little President Joe Biden is sounding an alarm about what he views as extremist threats to the nation's democracy from former President Trump and MAGA Republicans. They don't understand what every patriotic American knows. You can't love your country only when you win. In a primetime speech last night, Biden framed the November elections as part of an ongoing battle for the soul of the nation. A man was arrested after pointing a gun at Argentina's vice president in Buenos Aires. The man pulled the trigger, but the gun did not fire. In tennis, Serena and Venus Williams were eliminated after losing their doubles match in round one at the U.S. Open last night. Serena Williams will play tonight in the third round of singles. In baseball, the Mets, Red Sox, and Orioles won. The Nationals beat the A's 7-5. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, Michael Barr, thank you. It is 649 on Wall Street, and we turn to news and science and technology now with a Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. It is brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT is dedicated to bolstering support for female and minority students pursuing careers in high-paying STEM industries. Learn more at njit.edu. And here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. COVID booster shots that target the most common new variants should become available in the U.S. within days. That's after the CDC signed off on the rollout of the updated vaccines. Moderna makes one of the shots, and the other comes from Pfizer and BioNTech. NASA will try again tomorrow to launch its new moon rocket on a test flight after engine trouble halted the first countdown this week. The 322-foot rocket, the most powerful ever built by NASA, remains on its pad at Kennedy Space Center with an empty crew capsule on top. The Space Launch System rocket will attempt to send the capsule around the moon and back. No one will be on board just three test dummies. If successful, it'll be the first capsule to fly to the moon since NASA's Apollo program 50 years ago. And the U.S. Army is taking delivery of a first batch of high-tech combat goggles made by Microsoft. Microsoft's integrated visual augmentation system is expected to provide a heads-up display for U.S. ground forces, similar to those for fighter pilots. The system will let commanders project information onto a visor in front of a soldier's face and would include features such as night vision. That's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Amy. All right. Thank you, Karen. And we're live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, where it is 651 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include President Biden's primetime speech taking aim at Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans. Also, the January 6th committee is still working, and now they want to interview former House Speaker Newt Gingrich. And the U.S. is calling Iran's response to nuclear talks not constructive. For more on these stories, we turn to Bloomberg government reporter Jack Fitzpatrick. Jack, thanks so much for joining us. Let's get back to that speech, your takeaway from President Biden's speech last night. Yeah, I I thought it was very notable that President Biden uh, almost immediately mentioned Donald Trump by name. That's something he had not been doing very much recently, uh, but he he made it clear that Trump is the central figure that he is fighting against in what he called the the MAGA Republicans uh, and, and threats of political violence, referring back to 
to January 6th and uh, and the tendency of Trump and some people around him to not accept the election loss in 2020. Uh, so that was very significant. And also just the fact that this was a, a prime time address and it was made very clear that this is a key campaign message heading toward the midterms by the president. Uh, a lot of talk about the state of the economy, a lot of talk about uh, the handful of legislative victories that Democrats got in Congress lately. Uh, but the president does not want voters to forget about January 6th and the legal issues uh, around former President Trump. And that's a significant thing for him uh, over the next two months. President Biden also went to some lengths to differentiate between mainstream Republicans and MAGA Republicans. And it seemed almost like he was trying to widen the tent, even if it's just to get past the midterms, maybe for two election cycles. Is he trying to get maybe mainstream Republicans into the Democratic tent for a little while? There's definitely a certain kind of voter he's going for here, and it's not just a message directed at his Democratic supporters. This is a, an attempt to persuade uh, what might be a narrow slice of people. It, it might be more about independence. Uh, it might even be, in some cases, moderate Democrats uh, as much as moderate Republicans. Uh, but this is the kind of thing you, you could imagine being effective among some moderate moderate, potentially persuadable suburban voters who don't like uh, some of the extreme rhetoric and and do care about uh, the the idea of protecting the functioning of democracy. Uh, So it it is an attempt to win over some people. How many people are persuadable? It may be a limited number, but uh, it's clearly a significant focus for the president. Let's shift gears now to uh, what's going on on Capitol Hill. The House Committee investigating the January 6th insurrection. They are now looking to hear from Newt Gingrich. He was a former House Speaker. What are they looking for at this point? You know, the letter to Gingrich seemed to cast a pretty wide net, but the specific part of this that stands out is that it mentions advertising efforts uh, that Gingrich uh, put out there. He, he put out advertisements, uh, public broadcast advertisements, urging people to uh, get in contact with their lawmakers and, and call for them to uh, to push for electors that would support uh, former President Trump. Uh, it, it does also say that he appears to have been involved with the, Trump's efforts around 2020, even after January 6th. So it seems They've got a fairly wide scope, but at least we know specifically part of it is advertising efforts around uh, the attempts to uh, to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. Do we have any information yet about a response from the Gingrich camp or how how far this could go when he might appear? Anything like that? Not yet. They asked for him to voluntarily uh, participate in an interview the week of September 19th. Uh, so we'll see if he, he responds to that. This is not a subpoena. It's a, or just a request. Um, they have subpoenaed some people in the past that I, I believe is a possibility here, but it's not something they've threatened with Gingrich. So the next step would just be to see uh, if he chooses to participate. And, and if he does not, we'll, we'll see exactly how hard the committee wants to push for him to, to participate in an interview. I wonder how unusual it is to be calling a former House Speaker before the January 6th insurrection. Well, it is an insurrection committee. That's unusual anyway. But I'm just wondering about the historical implications here. Yeah, I, you know, it's 
It, the whole thing is an unusual set of circumstances. This conversation came up around the possibility of uh, former Vice President Mike Pence participating. That would be unusual, and mm-hmm. Pence even raised that as uh, maybe a, a reason not to participate. Uh, Gingrich, it's been a long time since he was Speaker. He really, in this instance, was more of a, a political activist type with ties to Trump. Uh, so I, I don't think it would be shattering precedents necessarily. Uh, but it does speak to the way this investigation has seeped through so many uh, so many parts of American politics and, and has brought in so many characters in American politics. And let's go on to foreign policy now. Some questions about whether Iran and the U.S. can reach a deal to revive the 2015 nuclear accord. Only got about a minute here, uh, Jack. But what's the hang-up now with those talks? The U.S. hasn't said exactly what the hang-up is, but they said that the last response from Iran was not constructive. Uh, keep in mind, there, there had been some progress made. Uh, the U.S. said they're going to respond to the European Union about this. Uh, this is all in light of, you know, the French President Emmanuel Macron said recently he hopes there's a deal in the next few days. So there is some optimism, uh, but the latest from the U.S.'s side is that they were not impressed, and it, it was a, not a constructive response uh, in the last series of uh, communications uh, from Iran. All right, Bloomberg government reporter Jack Fitzpatrick, thank you very much. Always a pleasure to pick your brain and find out what's going on in the Washington area. Thanks for taking the time with us. And you can read more about all of these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. And as a reminder, you can follow all of the latest. We have it for you on Bloomberg Radio in Washington on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Checking the markets now, S&P futures down three and a quarter points. Dow futures down 11. NASDAQ futures down at 33 and a half. The 10-year Treasury unchanged the yield at 3.25%. Bloomberg Surveillance is next. Along with Karen Moscow, I'm Amy Morris, and this is Bloomberg. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.